Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend yes yes y'all from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership, here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, I'm going to center up, the Texas Football Today, a show online. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us at TexasFootball.com or on Facebook or on Twitch or on YouTube or you're listening to us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for spending part of your day with us. Or either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. Whoa. I got those back. I got those backwards. I normally just black out during the, uh, <laughs> during the intro. I don't think about it at all. And then you're like, oh, yeah, there's Pickle. <laughs> uh, I am sitting here. Those other dulcet tones you hear sitting over there making us sound good, working the, working the switches and the gears and the gizmos. Yeah. She's the Duchess of the Dork. She's actually Pickle. Before she takes a week off. That's what I do. Work, you're about to, you're about to have some time off. When's the last time you had like... When's the last time you had four consecutive days off? Because that, to me, is more than a long weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, uh, like I know that you had President's Day off, right? So it's right. Like, yeah, that's a Saturday, Sunday, Monday. When's the last time you had four consecutive days off? Maybe after... The Cotton Bowl, like, not this past Cotton Bowl, but the one before that. I was going to say. So, like, super, super early on, Jan- like, January 2020, January 2020, maybe. so it's been, it's been probably 14 months. Yeah. Okay, well, I regret to inform you that your vacation's been canceled, and we're going to need you to uh, work this weekend. I'm out of here. <laughs> today, I'm leaving. <laughs> today is Thursday, March 4th, 2021. It is 266 days until Thanksgiving. This is a, this is episode 1,120. 1,120, this is the Don Wirt episode. 20 games. What name do, or what number do we get rid of names at this point? Well. You said it was coming up, right? Uh, it's 1162 so like, with Richie Zisk. Okay. Richie Zisk. But... <laughs> Then we'll just have to find a new bit. <laughs> you think this is the end of this? I mean, this is this is the longest running bit. This, uh, yeah, no, actually, between it's tied with the uh, with the Vince Young Player of the Year trophy. It's the the longest. Wait, for, what about first four? Did y'all start doing that right Mm-mm. at the beginning? No, oh, no, because we would only do that whenever. That's a that's a mid that's a mid midlife crisis okay. type thing for that's us. Fair. Um, on today's show, 
friends. We are going to talk about a piece up I got up on TexasFootball.com. No pressure, but I got to make sure it's up by the time this airs. Uh, <laughs> at TexasFootball.com, breaking down the toughest 2020 Texas high school football schedules that we had and why we'll talk about all the nuances that go into that. And then back half of the show, it's Big Guest Thursday. And Big Guest Thursday, we got another big guest going west again. Mm-hmm. And instead of the Panhandle, we're going to the South Plains. They're different. Uh, going to the South Plains to talk to the new head coach of the Lubbock Coronado Mustangs, Coach DJ Mann, our good buddy. Uh, we're very, very happy for him to, to get that gig out there at, uh, at, at his alma mater. At his alma mater. Uh, I know he's really fired up to be out there in, in Lubbock. And so we're going to talk with Coach DJ Mann coming up here at the back half of the show. All right, Pickle. Let's talk about a piece I've got up, hopefully, on TexasFootball.com. Maybe. Maybe uh, not. <laughs> breaking down, we're going inside the numbers again. Texas High School Ball inside the numbers. Uh, and you remember the first time I did this, I looked at the most improved offenses in the state of Texas in 2020. Uh, this time, I wanted to take a look at the toughest schedules. Because I think, look, the 2020 season is going to be... Um, long remembered for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. But I think one of the things that we will probably, that'll probably fade into uh, the ether as we get farther away from it is the mad scramble that yeah. happened between about, oh boy, I don't know when they announced uh, the UIL announced. It was like right after coaching school. So mid mid July yeah. called July 15th uh, between there and like August like for a month there Mm -hmm. it was wild and because all these all these schedules which you know normally get set right with a realignment year realignment comes out in february and Mm -hmm. then normally we're just like "Eh, you know what we're gonna you know we're gonna set up our schedule who do we need we need these non-district games we know we have seven district games we need three non-district games Mm -hmm. bada bing bada boom we'll put a we'll put a buy here blah 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 we're all done instead all that got thrown into a wood chipper yeah. <laughs> uh, because of all the changes that were necessitated by the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. And as a result, we got some weird schedules. Yeah. Like we got some, we, we, we missed out on some games. If you remember, we were supposed to open the season with South Lake Carroll against Austin Westlake. Mm-hmm. We ended up getting it <laughs> in the end. Just uh, 21 weeks but, later. <laughs> yeah, but games got thrown around and mm-hmm. we, and, and, and uh, you know, even district schedules got shuffled yep. up because teams were, districts were breaking up into, um, into different uh, zones. And stuff I know like. a big one too was a lot of like say 4AD1 teams that were going to play up mm-hmm. and play in like 582, 581, a lot yeah. of those, that affected the non-district schedule suddenly, early on really big time. Yeah, suddenly it's like, hey, we can't play. Like, yeah. literally, we, we cannot literally play. Literally cannot. <laughs> so, I, I, I'm, I'm going to remember that time pretty well in my in my mind grapes. But now the dust has settled. Mm-hmm. I wanted to take a look at who actually played the toughest schedules because there's some, you know, we talk with coaches all the time about their scheduling philosophy. Uh, a lot of them, you know, if you have three non-district games, I think the the average is coaches want to have one game that's going to really challenge them, mm-hmm. one game they feel like they're pretty evenly matched with, and one game that they feel like they can get a win, right? Generally speaking, that's in talking with coaches, that's how they feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not everybody did that. And, of course, because of this strange circumstances, not everybody had that luxury either. You kind of played whoever you could find. Right. And so... We took a look at the toughest Texas high school football schedules in 2020, and we measured this by the opponent win percentage. It's real easy. One other note on this, 
I did have to. I made just a judgment call that I said you had to play at least seven games. Cause that there were, seems fair to me. There were some teams, like there were some teams like in El Paso, right, who only played f- five games, and they went mm-hmm. one and four. And But it's like, okay, well. Their percentage like, is still yeah, higher. So, so, so the winning percentage is really high, but it's like you only played five games. Can't really be that tough of a schedule mm-hmm. than if it's that. So I, 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 I made it so that you had to play a minimum of eight games in order to be eligible. Okay? Eight or seven? Eight. Eight. Sorry, minimum eight. Okay. I, just, I don't know if I said seven. Eight. <laughs> minimum eight games to be eligible. And so, let's roll out the top ten toughest Texas high school football schedules in 2020. And up at the very top, it's, it's basically at the very top, there's two that kind of are ahead of everyone else. And it's Fort Bend Hightower and it's Hallettsville. Uh, both of whom had a 7-12 uh, winning, opponent's winning percentage. Uh, Hightower is like, pers- like, you know, decimal points ahead of them Mm -hmm. but you take a look at Fort Bend Hightower's schedule uh it it ended up being a real murderer's row they ended up playing a grand total uh, of 10 games remember that was a team that got hot in the playoffs they played three playoff games uh despite being fourth place in their district but they played of their 10 opponents six of them won at least eight games Wow. Which is crazy. They played Manville twice, Spring Westfield, Richmond Foster, Katie Pato, and Port Arthur Memorial, all of whom had at least eight wins, mm-hmm. which is really impressive. The other one there is Hallettsville. And Hallettsville's, I would say, a little bit more of the traditional, um, like the traditional very tough schedule. Mm-hmm. In the sense that they made it they had a very tough non district schedule. Okay. Uh, they played Shiner. In the opener, obviously that's the state champion. Remember, they had that game thrown together with Jim with Jim Ned. Mm-hmm. They played Jim Ned twice. Yep, uh, and they played Atlanta, by the way. Um, but they had that like in a non-district perspective. They played Shiner, who went fourteen and zero. Jim Ned, who went fourteen and one, and state champions. And then Vanderbilt Industrial, who's an eleven win team. In district, they had two real heavy hitters there in Yoakum and mm-hmm. Columbus. Columbus, who they saw again in the playoffs. Yeah. And then once you get in the playoffs, they played Lana, who's a 13-win team. Uh, Lorena was a 9-win team. They ended up having a, an opponent's uh, winning percentage of 7-12, uh, which is uh, by far the best in 3A. Uh, another one that, that kind of caught my eye, and one of, the, one of the ones that ended up being one of the toughest in the, in the state, is Stephenville. Stephenville ended up going six and six, but we knew this going into it. They're not like we knew they were going to be in a tough district because mm-hmm. they're in with La Vega and they were in with Midlothian Heritage, both of whom went nine and three. Right? They they end up playing Argyle in the in the playoffs, sixteen and zero. That's going to boost your schedule as well. <laughs> Their non-district schedule, okay. Eight and two Sweetwater, nine and one Lampasas, eleven and two Salado, eleven and two Melissa, eleven and two Dumas. Jeez, okay? man. <laughs> they ran through a gauntlet did Sterling Doty's Yellow Jackets, and and to get to six and six is rather remarkable. Another one that that, that caught my eye, and this was the the uh, toughest six man team, was Borden County. Borden County, and this is a Trey Ritchie special. Mm-hmm. Trey Ritchie, the coach at Borden County, always schedules extremely difficult, and especially in non-district. And part of it is with their district. Like O'Donnell had a really nice year this year, mm-hmm. but it's like the rest of their district won a combined six games. Yep. Uh, Meadow, Whiteface, and Wellman Union all combined combined to win seven game or six games. So he has to load up in non-district. Mm-hmm. So as a result, he played nine and three Calvert, eleven and two Westbrook, ten and two Rankin, fifteen and 0 st- eventual state champion for uh, Sterling City, who they played again in the title game. Yeah. 
10 and 2 Jonesboro, and then of course they ran into Happy and Sterling City in the playoffs. So they ended up having the toughest schedule in six man football. Uh, those and, are the blue bloods. Oh, absolutely. All like every single team you named right there. And rounding out the top five was Alito. And and I knew that Alito played a tough schedule, but I guess I didn't necessarily realize how tough yeah. until we get to the end of it. Uh, remember, they ended up playing. They played Cedar Hill, who not only went eleven or twelve and two and played for a title, but they were in six A. So they're punching up <laughs> like four. They're punching up two divisions. Yeah. You know what I mean? From five A Division two to six A Division two. Four half. Um, Mansfield Temperview ended up being a ten win team within their own district, and then they went on a their their playoff run got particularly brutal. With after they got past Dallas Hillcrest, they played nine and two North Forney, eight and two Frisco, thirteen and one Lucas Lovejoy, eleven and three Wichita Falls Rider, and twelve and four Crosby. Uh, that you know when you're talking about playing a grand total of five teams that ended up winning ten plus games, yeah, that's going to boost it. And that didn't even take into the fact that they, even with playing those teams, they kind of. Uh, they kind of handed it to each of those teams when oh, they were absolutely. able to play them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, Lovejoy gave them a scare, but aside from that, that was really that was their really only, it. That was really their only, uh, you know, that was really their only real push. And then they obviously lost Cedar Hill, who you know played for a six A title. Mm-hmm. Uh, Running out the top ten: Sterling City, Willis, Eden, Salina, and Klein Collins. You can find my piece up on TexasFootball.com. It's a look at the top 10 toughest Texas high school football schedules in 2020. It was an interesting piece to go through uh, in the end. And and normally I would say, oh, well, that means they're going to have a really tough time next year. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But I also don't know, you know, it's not necessarily a done deal. And for most of these, these guys, they've got to remake their schedule again. Right. Uh, to go out there and make their schedule for a th- kind of a third time in, in, in you know, 14 months Mm got to put together another schedule so we'll see if teams uh what ends up happening but but for 2020 looking back Fort Bend Hightower and Hallettsville ended up having the toughest schedules in 2020. I was a little surprised and maybe it's just district play that kind of took them down that Shiner wasn't on this list considering the gauntlet that they went through. It's funny you mention that. Shiner and Jim Ned both. So Shiner is Shiner is a 40th okay on the list. Jim Ned uh, they're probably further down. Jim Ned's 50th. Okay, yeah, because Shiner did the thing where their non-district at the beginning of the year was just absurd. Yes. And then Jim Ned did the thing where they just kept taking down powerhouses well, at the playoffs. And you're exactly right. Shiner played Hallettsville, uh, East Bernard. But then once they got into the problem, part of the reason uh, that they ran into problems is getting onto this list. Yes, their schedule, like their, their district, Ganado was the best team and they went 6-5. Mm-hmm. and five. Right, aside from China, I should say. Right, and then their first two opponents in the, in uh, in the playoffs were Harper and Freer, who won a combined yeah. five games. So that really knocks them down. That yeah, look, they went on absolute tear where they ended up playing Refurio, Timpson, and Post right. in their final three games. But on balance, mm-hmm. uh, it, they they kind of came up a little bit short as far as the um, as far as that's concerned. Right. As far as, um, um, as far as you know, strength of overall strength of schedule is mm-hmm. concerned, Jim Ned's an interesting case too. You know, Jim Ned obviously they did the opposite of what Shiner did, basically for sure. Jim Ned, um, Jim Ned again, their their district didn't do him any favors. Mm-mm. Normally, you'd count on like Wall to boost their uh, their uh, strength of schedule, but they only Wall went eight had and four. Year, yeah. uh, Hallett, they played. They did play four ten win teams in non district though, mm-hmm. uh, in Ballinger, Eastland, Cisco, and Hallettsville. Uh, but again. Like uh, they're they're 
like early San Angelo TLC, like playing oh and ten team. You know what I mean? Right. Breckenridge and Clyde. That's going to bring them down mm -hmm. uh, a little bit. That's what makes these pieces fun because yes. it's it's literally. I mean, obviously. I'm going to look at this. Who, so. played, who played the easiest schedule? That's interesting. The easiest schedules, if you're interested. Hull Dicetta, Sabinal, Throckmorton, Rule, and Lockney. They, uh, Sabinal, or Hull Dicetta played on teams with an opponent uh, winning percentage of 317. Wow. Uh, their opponents went 27 and 58 there. So, there you go. You can find that at TexasFootball.com. Cool. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Earlier today, I celebrated Big Guest Thursday myself, just, you know, a present, you. A present to myself. <laughs> uh, and I caught up with our good buddy, the new coach at the Lubbock Coronado Mustangs, Coach DJ Mann, uh, of course, the quarterback's coach at Cedar Hill, now moving over to take over his alma mater, his first head coaching job. I know he's really fired up. Here's our conversation with Lubbock Coronado head coach DJ Mann here on Texas Football Today. We're spending the offseason getting the biggest guests we possibly can get on the show, uh, and that why we're going to the South Plains. We're going to talk to the new head coach of the Lubbock Coronado Mustangs. We're joined by coach DJ Mann. Coach, first and foremost, congratulations. You and I have known each other uh, a long time. I've always told you, I've always been like, man, when are you going to get that head coaching job? When are you going to get that head coaching job? I got to tell you, I think I speak on behalf of the whole Dave Campbell staff that, uh, that we were thrilled that you, you get to go home to your alma mater. Man, I appreciate it. You know, we, we've known each other since probably – I think it was 2013. Oof. Oof. Don't take me, man. We got to have a little fun on Twitter going back and forth about why we weren't ranked, you know, why we weren't ranked so high. And uh, I gained a lot of respect from you that day because you came right back at me. So I was like, you know, this Tepper guy is somebody that I can get with because yeah, just lay down and take it. But but here's the thing though is that now as the head coach you can you have even more of a voice to complain to me about where you guys are ranked like now it's like you know you get the big megaphone. Yeah, I mean, but I don't I don't complain about rankings anymore. I've, I've grown <laughs> up a little bit, and I understand you guys are doing your job, and you know it is what it is, man. So I just I just I just take it how it comes, and you know if we're ranked high, I'm excited. If we're ranked low, I'm excited because now we have something that we can feed off of. Well, I want to ask you about getting the job there at, at, at Coronado. You are a, a, a Coronado grad. You're going home uh, for this. I know that in conversations that you've had, you and I have had, you know, before you, you've talked about wanting, you know, have a desire to go back to West Texas and, and mm -hmm. it's, it's where you're from. Um, you know, I, I'm interested when you found out that you were getting the job, what was, what was the reaction? Uh, I could, so when the superintendent called me, I could barely talk. You know, I'm trying to explain some things like, and she's asking me these questions, you know, do you want, do you want to come back and make Lubbock home again? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah yes, I, I would, I would love to come back home. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty emotional person as you, you kind of saw when they announced me at the school board meeting, man. And I cried, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, man. It's, it, it was, it was such a big deal. And, you know, when I called and told my parents, uh, my mom just started shouting you know, she was out in public and she just started shouting and, you know, screaming and, and hollering, man. So it, it's a big deal to be able to come back home. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit about, uh, you know, your journey to this to this time. You know, you've spent the last couple of years there at Cedar Hill. 
uh, as the as the Corvax coach and, and, and recruiting coordinator. You've also, uh, before that, you were with uh, Coach Jeff Reardon down there at Crosby. Uh, you know, we, we all know about the, the fraternity of, of Texas high school football coaches. Um, you know, w- with those guys, you know, being, being on the staff with Coach Reardon and Crosby, being on the staff with Coach Lynn uh, at, at Cedar Hill, what have you learned from those guys that you're going to bring with you to this job? And, and even, you know, I, I got to bring up Bill Howard and, yeah. and Greg Owens um, at Sulphur Springs and, and Wiley, you know, and, and Steve Parr. I, just, I learned the, the big thing is, is take care of kids. You know, if, if you love those kids, man, if you take care of those kids and you, you put those kids above anything else, um, good things are going to happen. You know, uh, you know, one big thing I learned with, with Coach Owens and, 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 and Jeff Reardon was faith family team. You know, keep keep that faith up there. Keep that first and take care of your family. And, and if you're doing everything in order, all things will fall in place the right way. So, you know, I, I you know, being with Coach Lynn, he 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 lets you learn how to be a head coach on the job. You know, he gives you an opportunity to to stand up and speak in front of the players. He gives you an opportunity to, you know, to he just puts you in position. Um you know, where if you do get a head job, you're, you're going to have an idea of what you're doing. You're not going into it blind. So I, I can't thank those guys enough, man. They're all like, you know, like dads and brothers to me. Uh, talking with DJ, man, the new head coach of the Lubbock Coronado Mustangs here on Texas football. They get involved in the conversation to hashtag TF day. Uh, you know, coach, I, you know, I, I think one of the big questions people have whenever a, a guy who's never been a head coach takes over is, is what the team's going to look like, what, what a team, how it's going to look like. Uh, from your perspective, I know it's early. You're still at Cedar Hill right now, you know, but uh, w- when you think of what a DJ man coach team is going to, to look like, what it's going to be, what the attitude is going to be, what, what, what can you tell Mustangs fans? You know, first of all, it's, it's going to be fun and it's going to be family oriented. You know, Ohana is, is going to be our big phrase. We're, we're going to support each other. We're going to love each other, but we're going to score points. You know, we're, we're going to keep that that wide open offense that Coronado's had the last seven years. Um, you know, we're going to score a lot of points. We're going to be physical on defense. We're going to be sound on defense. I think that's something that's going to be very important to me. Um, you know, having that attack style. I mean, we got some players that are coming back, man. We got a kid named Ted Gilmore that is unbelievable. Uh, Caleb Pillows is unbelievable. You know, he, he was able to, you know, get his first offer my, my first day that, you know, after the school board meeting. So, you know, that, that was, you know, super exciting. And, you know, we're fired up about that. But you, you can expect us to, to play sound football and, and be exciting and have fun. And, you know, like I talked to my coaches, we're, we're going to celebrate the good times. You know, we're, we're going to celebrate on the numbers when we get the opportunity. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's, it's going to be a lot of back bumping and jumping up and down and, and you know, just, just good, solid football. Uh, so, you know, I think one of the other things that that's really interesting about your career path is that, is that you are, I think, uh, known around the state as, as one of the, the, the premier recruiting coordinators in, in high school football. You're a guy who, who you, you're, you're always hyping up your guys. You're always getting guys uh, attention and stuff like that. Uh, I guess, you know, broad question. Is that something, you know, we, we talk a lot about kind of the, uh, the, you know, recruiting on, on the, uh, um, on the interstates, right? You know, if you're on 35, you're on 45, things like that, you get a lot, you get more attention than, you know, plain and simple if you're out there in, in Lubbock or you're out there in, in, in there. Is that something that you're going to be focused on as far as getting your kids a little bit more uh, exposure from a recruiting perspective? Definitely. Uh, and it's a, it's a going to be a challenge, but it's it's a challenge that that I, I can't wait to take on. And, 
you know, not just only getting Coronado kids recruiting, but I want to be able to help Monterey kids get recruited. I want to be able to help uh, Estacado kids get recruited. I want to be able to help just the whole area. I want to bring a, a big focus to, to getting coaches. And, you know, I want to be able to get with Coach Cooley and Coach Hutchinson, Coach Steven and those guys and, and developing a plan to help our, our kids get recruited because there, there's a ton of talent. In, in that, you know, in that West Texas area. And, you know, I think me being in Lubbock and, and Coach Mims being at Palo Duro, you know, we have a ton of connections, man. And and like I said, you know, we were able to get a kid an offer the first day. And and I've, I've been able to send some film out and, and coaches are excited. And coaches are saying, you know, we can't wait to get out to Lubbock. I recruit Lubbock. I've gotten some, you know, some text messages from some guys that, that are already asking for prospect sheets. So, we we want to take recruiting in Lubbock to another level, and and it, it's going to happen. I'm I'm just going to call it right now. You know, one of the guys that that you know you uh, I would say certainly helped his his development. You were the quarterbacks coach there at Cedar Hill, and 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 people may remember uh, that that was a team that made it all the way to the state championship game last year. Uh, thanks in large part to I would say outstanding quarterback coaching. I guess the the, the quarterback was okay too, if you want to say that. Uh, we're talking Caden Salter, the, the the quarterback there at Cedar Hill. He's now off to Tennessee. Um, you know, obviously everyone gets there because of of how good the coaching is. But you're also a guy who who you know you've been around a lot of guys, and and you spend we can watch the film and see how special Caden Salter is or Caden Salter is from a you know from your perspective as a guy who who was you know in in the trenches with him. What is it about him that that sets him apart? Uh, he just he has the it factor. I mean, a special kid, never, I mean, and I, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, the coach speaks that he doesn't miss a workout. This kid never missed a workout. He was a longhorn leader in our, in our building, our program that we have for some of our scholar athletes. Um, you know, he was a kid that would lead in the cafeteria. He would lead in the classroom. Of course, he graduated early. So academically, he was solid, man. You know, he just, he did so much off the field that made him great on the field. Then when you get got on the field, something that his vision, you know, he he told us that he the doctor told him he had 20-20 vision so he could see everything. And, you know, you watch some of the plays that he would make, he really saw everything. You know, he makes a play against Alito where he we're on the seven yard line. I think he spins around, he scrambles back all the way to about the 25. And as soon as he turns around, he sees the receiver in the back of the end zone. I have no idea how he saw it. We don't do that drill in period three but he made it happen. Uh, you know, he made it happen. So, you know, I, I have to thank him for, for helping me be able to, to, you know, be in the position that I'm in now, man, because, you know, without, without the great players that I've been able to coach over the time, the Manny Netherleys, the Tristan Cottons, the Aston and Austin Walters, um, Kobe Harper's at Wiley, there's, you know, Nikita Whitlock, there, there's no way that I'm in a position that I'm in now. Uh, DJ man, the head coach at Lubbock Coronado joined us and, and coach last week, uh, on this show, our guest was Eric Mims. You mentioned him earlier. Uh, he's, of course, getting the job at his alma mater up there at Amarillo Paladuro. Um, you know, Coach Mims. You guys go. You guys have a you know have, have a history together. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, he mentioned to me off the air that the first district ball game is going to be Coronado and Paladuro, and I guess I just want to know. How much chirping is there going to be? Because I know there's going to be some, but like, what, give me give me a feel for how much chirping we can expect. So me, me and Mims go way back. I've known him since I was 17. Whoa, really? Yeah, I've known Mims since I was, he was my host on my visit to Eastern New Mexico. You are kidding me. 
I promise. He was my host on my visit to Eastern New Mexico. So he went to Eastern. I went to West Texas A&M, which is, was, is the huge rivalry. to play for the wagon wheel. So I coached against him there. I played against him. I actually played against him there. You know, he was at Cedar Hill. I mean, at Duncanville. I'm at Cedar Hill. So I've coached against him here for two years. And now I'll get a chance to coach against him, you know, at, at, at Palo Duro and, and Coronado, man. So we, we have a lot of history together, man. It, we have a lot of history. So there, there'll be some talking, you know. He, he's not a guy that you want to make too mad, man, because he's a he's a really good coach and he's going to have that place rolling. But, you know, there, there, there's a lot of mutual respect, but there'll be a little talking. Good. I'm I'm glad because I got to you know from a media perspective, that's what I need. I need that kind of you know. You guys got to give me some headlines to talk about. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> he is DJ Mann. He's the new head coach at the Lubbock Coronado Mustangs. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again. We're absolutely thrilled for you. I can't wait to see what your Mustangs do. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate you guys for having me on. I appreciate the friendship. It, it means a lot more than than you'll ever know, man. So thank you a lot. There he is, our buddy DJ Mann. The new head coach of the Lubbock Coronado Mustangs. Thrilled for him. Really excited that he's getting that gig. I know that that's kind of a dream gig for him. Oh, and absolutely. To go home to his alma mater. You know, I mean, there was a time. Boy, let me throw back to something. I guess this is the year Munster won the title. So was that 2017, I think? Myself, Max Thompson, and DJ Mann. Well, myself and Max Thompson were going out to um, Vernon, I want to say. Vernon? This is going great. Yeah. <laughs> Vernon to watch playoff game. Uh-huh. It's like a state semifinal between uh, Munster was playing somebody. Uh, this is all going very well. How insightful is this? I know. This? Hold on. I'll get there. <laughs> and we basically threw it out there. Like, I just kind of threw it out there on Twitter. I was like, I was like, hey, you know, who wants to come, you know, nerd out with us and, and go watch some small school Texas high school football, yeah. some, some 2A Texas high school football. Uh, and uh, you know, just you know, we got room in the in the swag wagon. Yeah. And yeah, they're playing. It was playing Wellington. That's okay. right. They're playing Wellington. I want to say at Vernon. A little skyrocket action. Yeah. And yeah, I was at Lions Stadium in Vernon. I had all this right. It's a great game, Munster <laughs> and Wellington. And DJ, just like we're up, I was like, yeah, I want to go. Like, wait, really? Like, yeah, man, let's go. Like, I've never seen a small school, Texas high school. Like, yeah. He's only worked, you know, we talked about, it. he worked at Spruce. Uh-huh. He worked at Sulphur Springs. He worked at Crosby. He worked mm-hmm. at Cedar Hill. There's one of them I'm forgetting. A Wiley. But all big schools. He'd never been to a small school, Texas high school football. And game. it's different. I it mean, is. It's it different. is. <laughs> and, like, we go out there and stopped and ate some mediocre barbecue on Oof. the way. Rough. And, um, but we... Like, we were just chatting the whole time and stuff, and, you know, DJ's a good buddy, and we were just talking. And at the end, he was like, man, this is awesome. Like, this like this small school stuff, it's it's great. Like, he, oh, he yeah. could really tell, like, he was super into it and stuff like that. I was like, so would you ever take a job here? He's like, no. No. Nah, I don't know. That's, that's that's a different world than what I'm yeah, used yeah. to. But it gives you the opportunity to, to, get to yeah. uh, as a coach, to go get to watch something True. different, you to know? Expand your horizons Yeah. Stuff, you know what I mean? Like, he's a guy. Here's you a guy. You can learn stuff from that, too. Well, and further, To take it. Exactly, right. And and he ran off. He named off all those guys he's coached. Right, like, Manny Netherly, right? And, uh-huh. and And the Walter twins, who ended up going to Rice. And, um, uh, I mean, obviously, Caden Salter. Like, he has been around all these guys who are like blue chipper guys, mm-hmm. right? And it was just super cool for him to go to a state semifinal of 2A mm-hmm. and him be like, man, these dudes are some dogs. Like they yeah. just get after it. Oh yeah. And, and just like, like you could just tell it was, it was, it was a really super cool experience that like to, to do that with him. And I was, 
had a lot of fun. So anyway, That's DJ awesome. DJ man, and and in conversations with him, you know, I've talked with him. It's like, you know, you want to be a head coach? He's like, yeah, I definitely want to be a head coach. But he's like, I'd love to get back out west. Like, mm-hmm. I'd love to. Like, he's a West Texas. Oh yeah, West Texas A&M. He's from Lubbock and stuff. So I'm we just, said that the I'm, other day, man. Those those West Texas, they they the roots they run deep. Love it. The roots you know? run deep. And, and it's really cool that he's going back there. So appreciate Coach Man hopping on with us. That's going to do it for us. We would do final thoughts, but uh, guess what? This game, this was taped the whole time. <laughs> we tricked you. Uh, we will be live this tomorrow. This is why I'm going on vacation. We will be live tomorrow <laughs> with special guest host Aaron Hardigan, so you will not want to miss that. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Lovett Coronado Coach DJ Mann for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for Nonsense with Aaron Hardigan on Texas Football Today. <laughs>